You're listening to Work Tape, episode 28. With Christina again, and we're talking about voices like we usually do. Christina, how's your voice? How is my voice? It's doing okay. Um, <clears throat> it's a little. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I have allergies anyway, like we talked about. But yeah, it's a little dry lately because the weather in Arizona is kind of psycho. It's been cold at night, like super cold, which I don't mind. I wish it would be cold for longer, but yeah, it does funky things to my voice. So I'm drinking water. <laughs> Did your voice hurt at all? No, not at all. It's just, <clears throat> I can tell it's like, I have to clear it a lot just because of the allergies, but no, it doesn't hurt at all. Okay. Cause I can't remember if I lost my voice in a dream last night or if I actually lost my voice yesterday, but I don't remember actually losing my voice, but I think it was like hurting too, which is weird because I actually woke up with a scratchy throat. So that's weird. That is weird. Pertaining to the voice, because we talked about it last week, I have no idea. Actually, I have very little idea of what it's like as a vocalist to have to control your voice in a more strict manner, because I really am so off the cuff and I really am so non-strategic when I sing. I sing without any technique. I try to match the melody the best I can. Mm -hmm. And... I just don't know what it's like to really be an actual singer, like maybe Adele or someone else. Yeah. Someone who's really trying to masterfully move and manipulate their voice. Yeah, it's a lot. And I will say it really also will depend on the person, like what style of music they're singing. Um, a singer-songwriter, for example does not need to control their voice to the same extent as an opera singer. Because with opera, it's all about like, yeah, there is the emotion of the song. But if you don't have that clear, crisp tone that opera is known for, like, you can't do it. Like, it, that's like the highest level of vocal control for sure. And then a singer-songwriter, it's really more about the words, the melody, like the actual song, the emotion of the song and stuff more than vocal control. So you can let a lot more slide. Even with pop, it's like that. People like Adele need to work a little bit harder at it just because they're constantly touring. So they have to upkeep the health of their voice because of that. But I mean, if her voice weren't like perfectly aesthetically pleasing all the time, it wouldn't be the biggest deal. Her concern would be more of a health concern overall. Wow. Do you ever listen to more unconventional vocalists? I don't know if you listen to like Regina Spector. I don't know Regina. I know the name. I know the name. I'm sure I've heard her, but I can't think of anything by her. Or Imogen. Is it Imogen Heap? I think she's done some really weird stuff too. She has. Yeah, she's kind weird, of weird. cool. Like, yes. To me, yeah. it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like Imogen Heap. The, well, the only song I know by Imogen Heap is the one everyone knows. The, uh, oh, I totally what forgot, is that I song? forgot the name, but I know, yeah. I think I know what you're the, talking about. That song is so good. Yeah, people like her, they're really, their thing is 
in unconventional style. And honestly, that's all good and fine. There's not really a whole lot of in voice. Now, classical teachers might disagree with me. And I, I understand where they're coming from. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, there's not a whole lot of right and wrong in the voice. I would say it's probably better to think in terms of rather than bad and good sounds healthy and un unhealthy projection. Like, oh yeah, this sounds cool, but is it going to destroy my voice? Is there a better way of achieving the same sound in a more healthy way? Or is this something that's just, it may not be desired for classical music. It may not be desired for Broadway, but it's very desirable for whatever other style of music. So rather than thinking in terms of bad and good, definitely thinking in terms of healthy and unhealthy is important. Okay, right. So instead of just straight technique, it's mostly a matter with, I guess, the average vocalist, like true vocalist. It's it's more of a matter of um, what's the healthiest way to achieve this instead yes. of, oh, you have to do this one way to get this result. Exactly, exactly. Um, one thing that comes to mind is breathiness. So a breathy singer may be breathy because of lack of breath support and lack of other things. And that needs to be fixed 100%. Like if you literally are singing breathy because you just cannot sing not breathy, that's, it's not even that it's not healthy. It's that it's like, no, like you just shouldn't be singing until you get this under control. It's really, it's not effective. But if you're singing breathy, cause it's a stylistic thing, like a sting. Oh my goodness. That was a great example. Yeah, he's stylistically breathy. It's great. I don't know if he's singing with good breath support or not unless I saw him, but it really doesn't matter. You can tell he has enough breath support to make the phrases. He's singing stylistically breathy. And um, classical coaches will get, not coaches, teachers, will get a little bit bent out of shape. Maybe not bent out of shape, but they don't like the breathy sound. But if they're being honest, they'll say stylistic breathiness is okay. It's really about how you're doing it. So, yeah, that definitely brings me back to square one because it kind of still makes me lost at what technique I should probably do. But I guess I can't think about it that way is what you're kind of saying, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, what would you say is the main objective of your music? Are you trying to convey emotion? Are you trying to convey I am very emotional. Else? I'm mostly okay. trying to convey an emotion. And so kind of like Elliot Smith, I don't know if you've ever listened to him. Mm -mm. Okay. So Elliot Smith, it's essentially folk. Okay. Now, now the funny thing is, <laughs> and I know it comes to your mind, I think of Simon and Garfunkel. However, I think they're actually really technically good singers. I would say yes, so. Yes, I think so too. Especially art, right? And no disrespect to Paul. I right. really like Paul. But uh, we could dissect this forever. But oh, I yeah. really love Art's approach. Because he's the he's basically the lead. In, and, and sorry, Paul is the, the support, right? Essentially. I wouldn't say so. I At least from what I feel like, I feel like Paul was more of the lead. Garfunkel was more of the support. 
Um, really? Because because yeah. Art was doing the higher part, the higher register, and Paul was doing the lower. Was that not true? Oh, you mean lead vocally? Okay, yes, I yes, thought you yes. meant lead as okay. No, no, um, sorry. I, I meant I meant as vocals because Art, whenever you know, Art is always doing. He's doing the main melody typically, and he's doing the highest melody as well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's the main melody. I think it depends on the song. Definitely the higher. Okay. For sure. So let me. But I'll I don't think it. it's always a lead. I'll simplify it for like their hits. So, um, Scarborough Pharaoh. So Scarborough Pharaoh. I can't even speak properly. So Scarborough <laughs> Fair. Uh, as he was well. the lead. Yeah. Well, he was a lead in Scarborough, but he was also the lead in Sound of Silence. I wouldn't say so. I'd have to listen to it again. Here's Maybe the problem I'm too. It, no pun intended. Improperly. <laughs> Because I'm more of a harmonizer, so I'm more of the person like Paul. But Paul was doing, he would repeat a lot of the same bass notes to support what Art was doing. But go on with what you're saying. Right. No, I hear what you're saying. I think for me, like when I first thought about it, Sound of Silence, for some reason, it came to my mind that I thought Paul. And I'm not saying that, that I'm not making this case for every song, but at least for some other hits, I, I notice. Paul tends to, strategically, that is, he tends to hang on a note longer than Art would. Art would variate his melody more. Sir, no, no, I get what you're saying. I'm trying to explain what my mind, my process was. When it came to Sound of Silence, I kept thinking that Paul Simon was the one singing the melody. But then I had to rethink that because I think my problem is sometimes um, their voices blended so well. So I can't always tell who's singing That's the fair. lead. And I just realized that. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess it was Art singing the main melody on that one. I didn't think about that. It is hard to overstate their legendary status, but they're also extremely pleasing to listen to. Yeah, yeah. They're probably one of the few artists when you listen to them over and over. It's really hard to get tired because they are simple in some ways. You know, it was made for radio, but at the same token, it still felt like today it would be considered pretty avant-garde. I think so. Yeah. I would go to say that they inspired a lot of avant-garde artists today. You know, the really indie artists. Yeah, they were. Yeah, heavily influential for sure. But aside from them, because I think they actually are good singers technically, I'm not on their level. I typically model myself after artists that are inspired by them. So I guess we could go into basically people like Neil Young. Yeah, Neil Young. He has he has an interesting voice. Not my favorite. That's okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you said that you liked, uh, what's his name? You liked... Uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Oh, I love Bob Dylan. Terrible voice. Worst voice ever. That's oh me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Bob Dylan was like to me with him. Normally, I would never touch someone like that with a 10 foot pole. I'd be like, yeah, not my thing. But oh, my gosh, like the lyrics to his songs, like his songwriting was so good that it overrides the quality of his voice. And then I just kind of accept it like, this is what it is. And it's the full package. This is Bob Dylan. So if I hear someone else cover a Bob Dylan song, I hate it. I heard Simon and Garfunkel cover a Bob Dylan song. And I'm like, this isn't all that great because they have the voices like it sounds fine, but it's not the full package unless it's him to me. 
That's how I, I feel about agree Bob with Dylan. You. Yeah. I absolutely, and maybe this is just my unintelligent mind, but just as a personal preference of mine, that wasn't redundant. but yes a a personal preference is that i am very feel-based even to the point that i don't care that much about technique sure sure i still want to respect it like if someone tells me hey this is a better way to do it i actually will listen to that person right well they're not telling you you have to change no no i have a lot of respect for people who actually are masters in what they do Mm-hmm. But when it comes to what I'm trying to achieve as an artist, I believe most bets are off on whatever you can do. Mm-hmm. And I say most, I'm not saying all, but at least most because yeah. I still want to keep healthy. You know, there are certain things that sure. I still want to follow. I'm not going to just like bring a guitar into the studio and then just like touch it and just keep tapping it and call that art, which you can. Right. But I also like, uh, I'm trying to use uh, artists as an analogy, but kind of the Kurt Cobain way. I, I don't have, not to downplay his intelligence, because, you know, he was a good songwriter, but he also wasn't as methodical as a lot of people. Sure, that makes sense. He wasn't the standard approach. And I, I kind of approached music that way. He was a very feel-based artist. I really doubt that Kurt was in a studio like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I got to match the third with the second and whatnot. It's like, I don't think oh, he was thinking no. like that. No. Well, and I think that a lot of that stuff, a lot of theory knowledge, a lot of technical knowledge, it's important as a base because then, then it gets to the point where you don't have to think about it anymore. Like right. artists who have a good base in theory, they're not thinking about, they're just like, they just know like, oh, this sounds good. And there are people with less theoretical knowledge, like the Beatles, for example, or probably like Kurt Cobain, who just have a good sense for what's going to sound good. And I think they're achieving the same thing without the same base of knowledge. So with a, maybe di- yeah, a different method. Yeah, exactly. I think there's lots of methods to get the same result, the result that you're going for, you know? Ooh, and you could even go so far as to say, which this is actually true. This isn't far-fetched, but I like the variety of art within music, you know, in other areas too, but let's just talk about music. And you could relate this to comedy, to cooking, any art form. But there are people who legitimately improv and those who are more calculated with their methods. And I'm definitely, I think it's important to know the method. I think it's important to know technique. Mm -hmm. But I've argued this with people on many occasions. I'm much more into how this song makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my favorite musicians, they're not methodic. Right. And that contention that I get with the other group of artists is the people who are, they're hell bent on technique. And I don't pick on technique at the expense of technique. I pick on technique at the expense of the arrogance of the crowd. Sure, of course. But I really value technique. I tell everyone theory is important. Yeah. However, I do not think that it's the end all be all because I'll, I'll put it this way. There are people who go to school to cook and they cook well. And then there are people who have a good intuition of cooking and they're just really good at putting together a meal. Right. I would bet my life <laughs> that there are tons of people out there that would blow Gordon Ramsay out of, the, like, blow his mind 
mm-hmm. because they just can cook well and they didn't get any formal training. They just, they know their way around it. And the same goes for people in comedy or people who act like some people have an intuition that's stronger than others. And so right. we do hear that in music, which is why we do get artists who probably know little or nothing. I don't want to insult him, but I really do think Kurt was one of those people. Mm-hmm. He wasn't Jimi Hendrix. And, and it's funny because Jimi Hendrix, right. I don't think really had that formal of an education. No, exactly. So imagine, yeah. <laughs> imagine if these people actually studied in a more formal way. You were talking about Freddie Mercury. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of hard because I feel like this could go either way because I think technique is important. And at the same time, disclaimer, technique, can technique kind of, is important. Go on. Technique <laughs> is important, but technique can kind of kill some things, too, if you're not careful. So my gut feeling is to say that if Freddie Mercury had taken voice lessons, he would have literally been unstoppable. The world would have not been ready for Freddie it just would have been insane. And I have one thing in mind that he should have focused on if he took voice lessons. And that would be to just maybe control um, the smoothness of his breath support so that he had a little bit more of a stable vibrato. That's the only thing I would fix at all. That's my gut feeling. He would have been just incredible. But I, I mean, I, mean I, I can tell him for you. you know, okay. I, yeah, I'll, I'll probably Perfect. be talking to him a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Say hi to him for me. (laughs) Oh, Freddie. But uh, then there's the other side of the coin that maybe if he had taken, and who knows, maybe he did take some like vocal lessons along the way. I don't even know. But like, let's say he had taken consistent vocal lessons. What if it maybe would have killed some of those things that make him so iconic? There's always the fear of that. But then again, it's it's always a balance because you don't want to avoid good technique just because it might kill some things like it's, it's all about a balance. I have a theory. We can we can entertain it next episode because I wanted to go back into the folk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am curious about those people who are more feel oriented artists that aren't so theoretical that mm. just have it. They just have that thing, that it factor. They have that, yeah. that gift. I am wondering if theory, if they study it, I think it's possible that it can kind of stunt creativity. But I, right. but I don't know. But I don't know. I, I, that's my theory, though. It's very possible. I think it depends on the person. I, I will agree it has the potential to stifle that. Absolutely. I don't know if it always will, but it definitely has the potential. And that's that's what scares me a little bit. That's what makes me a little bit more cautious than maybe some other traditional classical teachers. So it keeps your methodical mentality in check. Yes. It keeps you from going overboard and being completely legalistic with your music. Right. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example of that is the, um, the singer from need to breathe. He's like one of my favorites. He's got such an amazing voice. It's really soulful. He's a good pick. I I have never heard anyone mention him. He's a pretty good pick. He's awesome. And I saw him live. They rocked, but oh my gosh, the veins on his neck looked like they were going to pop out. And he had his neck craned like to the side and stiff while he was singing. So he just like kind of looked twisted 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how he's not popped something in there already. Like it legit scared me. And so he's a good example of, I would literally not change anything about his voice, but I do think that that thing he does is worth fixing because he could probably do what he's doing a lot easier and more effectively in a more healthy way, like get everything less tight, but I wouldn't change anything about his voice. Wow. I always paralleled them with, uh, what was the band? Oh, there's, yeah, there's a non-Christian band who yeah, sounds what, just King, like You're talking them. about Kings of Leon? Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, the, that's exactly Literally the same. <laughs> yep, yep. I remember, because, you know, we basically grew up in the same culture, but on, on opposite yeah. sides of the U.S. Uh, but yes, I remember when I first heard, uh, 2008 was weird man i think 2008 was a weird year. <laughs> it was a weird year yeah it was really weird it was weird for rock too because it was getting buried alive by lil wayne and kanye west and ugh. oh gosh it was so because i'm i'm a total rockhead and so i was like what's going right. on <laughs> I was like, oh, man. oh man we could that would be great to just talk about the years in music but i remember hearing kings of leon who had actually been around for a while oh, okay but crawl by night or sorry, only by the night. I don't remember what number album, but that was the album in 2008 released by Kings of Leon. And when I heard that, I was like, this sounds exactly like Need to Breathe. So See, I heard Kings of Leon first, then heard Need to Breathe. And I'm like, this sounds just like that. And with Need to Breathe, I don't know enough of Kings of Leon to know for sure. But I feel like the only similarity between the two is the guy's voice or their voices. I think that stylistically, the they're voice. completely different. Like, Need to Breathe has that more Southern rock feel. Yeah, you're right. But remember, I don't even know how far you've gotten into Kings, but remember... Not much. I, I know one song. That's why that I'm saying this. Okay. Like, so I could be completely off base. That's fair. I think they did do that. They did do... Like, Tallahassee oh. Sky is a track by Kings of Leon, and that sounds a lot like America or Eagles. Oh, okay. And, and America okay, and Eagles, know. you know, being from California... Even uh, Fleetwood Mac, Eagles, oh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac. I think they're all what they're British American Fleetwood, so whatever. But they yeah. <laughs> they're based in L.A. Uh huh. Okay. But the Southern California bands during that time definitely heavily played on. They did blues a lot, but definitely on the country aspect of things. And so mm. I I remember I wasn't there, but I remember listening to a lot of that growing up. And so Kings of Leon did have, in my opinion, they have a lot of America and Eagles influence. They Good didn't sound know. exactly like them vocally, but stylistically, I could hear it in the music. And then okay. by the time the late aughts came around, isn't it Come Around Sundown? That's an actual album by them from 2010. That's so funny. But when uh, the late aughts came around with Kings of Leon's Only By The Night, Need To Breathe and Kings of Leon actually sounded somewhat synonymous by that time because I remember the shift in the rock scene even in among Christian circles when it was more atmospheric and it was more about matching the Coldplay U2 sound. Mm-hmm. I remember that very distinctly. So I think Need to Breathe sounded pretty similar. And they, they did eventually okay. at least kind of get on that, you know, they piggybacked that a little bit more like everyone else did. Yeah, so that's some cool stuff. But speaking of the country stuff kind of related back to the folk. When we were talking about Neil Young, I wasn't sure if he knew much about 
his situation with Spotify and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Neil Young ended up pulling his music. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'll give him credit for that. And India Airy. I don't know if you remember her. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. That's fine. But yeah, India Airy pulled it for supposed... Okay, so I watched it and yeah, Joe Rogan does... <laughs> Apparently, he says the N-word and I don't think he... Ooh. Oh, <laughs> well, that's... You'll have to, I want you to do your own research. I'm not on here to tell people how to think. I really am not. And even though whatever, I'm black. Dude, I've gotten straight up called hard R N word to my face. Ooh, oh, oh. At least, at least. So that was, that was aggressive. And then I also had someone call me the hard R. Um, I'm pretty positive they called it to me. I, I wasn't like, it was like at night and I like looked around like, yeah, like, hey. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, you N word. I'm talking to you. And I was like. And I, like, just kind of got in my car, like, okay, like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> Even though it does hurt, I don't really get super pressed about stuff like that. Because at first, my flesh is like, wow, that really makes me kind of upset. And then I kind of just think about it, like, they're having a rough day. And I don't think they know mm-hmm. much. So I kind of just let it go. So it might upset some people. But assuming whether or not Joe Rogan meant it in a malicious way or it was just kind of taken out of context. And I think it was kind of taken out of context. It usually is. I think he just used the word and didn't expect, like, I think he just didn't mean to use the word and was just using it for some reason. But bottom line, I'm not angry. I'm more amused by everyone's response to it. Right. So that was new information. I didn't know that. What I was going to say about the COVID quote unquote misinformation and how Neil Young addressed that, I think that the problem with that is he is, he believes it's misinformation, but not everyone does believe it's misinformation. Some of, some people believe that it's, it should be discussed and I would agree. So, you know, Neil Young needs to do what he needs to do. I think it's a little uh, ballsy, I'll say, to go to Spotify and be like, it's either him or me. I think that he should have just made a statement. This is what I believe. And because of this, I will pull my music off Spotify. Like, I think that would have been the better move. But at least he did that in the long run. Now, my thing with canceling someone Here's the cool thing about cancel culture is that, yes, it's aggressive, but it backfires on itself in multiple ways. And one way is that it's kind of up to popular opinion what stays on things like Spotify. Like Spotify is not going to remove Joe Rogan if he is massively popular and bringing them revenue. It's just not going to happen. It's like, have you heard of... um? Tom McDonald, the white rapper from Canada. So he is a rapper and he's notorious. Come on. There's no such thing as a good white rapper. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Eminem wasn't a thing. (laughs) Right? There was. Yeah, there was that one guy, but I don't know. Yeah, but that's it. I heard he went eight miles into oblivion. Just kidding. (laughs) He was to destroy me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But uh, Tom McDonald, he is pretty infamous I guess for his songs his political songs that really like just call out all the stupidity that's happening in culture today wow and if anyone would if cancel culture had real power if anyone should have gotten canceled it would have been him but they can't they can't and YouTube's not taking down his stuff because he's so insanely popular 
his right. stuff went number one on iTunes. What are they going to do? They're not going to shut like they they might talk big. They might be like, oh, this and that we're uh, this goes against our community guidelines, whatever. But if something they're corporations, it's all about the bottom line for them. Mm. We're a capitalistic society, which means cancel culture cannot work. No. In the long run. Well, my issue with that is is there are a lot of artists on Spotify, first off. There are a lot of artists on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so I'm speaking both as a musician and as a podcaster, mm-hmm. which is basically what the show is about. I mean, we will talk a little bit about podcasting. That's kind of why I went into the, the Joe Rogan territory. But because Spotify, Neil Young, India Airy, these are all audio people. Mm-hmm. And so for the audio crowd, censorship, it's a pretty big threat. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've actually mentioned my thoughts on censorship on the show. And there are tons of things that I think should be regulated to an extent. There are tons. That's that's kind of the point. There are tons of things I think should at least have. Like, I agree with the parental advisory label. I think it's. Oh, it, sure. Okay. It's good that it exists. And I'm not saying we should necessarily censor the artist. But let's also be real here. I mean, people do say terrible things but at the same token this is where i disagree with people is we don't agree on what is terrible and what isn't and that's the issue is that all it takes is for someone to just get upset i mean who knows i probably said a bunch of offensive stuff just now someone will most likely you know report it or something like that the issue is that i think everyone's always gotten offended i think people just handled it differently so i don't think that boomers and whatnot. I don't think they never got offended. I think that's a bunch of, that's a lie. Sure. I don't think it was culturally acceptable to do the things that we do today back then. Oh, absolutely no. not. Yeah. Most people would tell you, uh, you know, like you just dealt with it. Like I've heard that a lot in, in older people, like we just dealt with it. Yeah. We, you know, I got upset, but you just deal with it. Like that's actually how it sounds like they handled things today. If you get upset, they're like, sue them, go and sue right. them. Oh yeah. Like go, right. go, like, you should tell someone about it. And you know what's funny is both lines of thought are not bad, but they're bad in their extremes. Yeah. And what I don't understand about society is society has such a hard time balancing. And yeah, I have issues too. I have billions of issues. But it's like, can we at least understand when we're going too far left or we're going too far right? Can we try sure. to understand when we're getting way caught up in legalism, but then we're getting way caught up in like, you know, tolerance. Anything or goes. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel it's the same with this. Look, man, I don't know where we are when it comes to medical stuff, but I think that if we're going to be a country of free speech, which I think we should be, mm-hmm. I think that that also means that someone has a right to totally offend me and degrade me if they want to. Right. I don't like it, but you know what? I don't want someone censoring me either. So right. I don't want my music to just get censored because someone doesn't like the fact that I talk about Jesus Christ, you know, like in the, yeah. in the theologically accurate way, because I know people have issues with Christians and that's fine. Like, that's cool. But at the same token, like there's all this music that talks about, you know, murder and whatnot. I mean, if you guys want to talk about it, like, go ahead. I just tell people, look, have what you want in your music and your podcast and your movies. But don't get at all surprised if you notice that children and that our younger generations are negatively affected by it. Don't be surprised when that happens. Yeah, exactly. That's true. But I know you and I are for free speech. I think it should be free, yeah. but if they want to label 
a COVID advisory, then go ahead. But I don't think we should just pull things down just because someone offended someone. You know, that's a good point because I'll tell you, I hate the COVID advisory stuff. But you know what? Whatever. I guess that really doesn't matter. But yeah, in the end, like if people don't like something like Shut it you off. don't have to watch them. Like you don't have to watch Joe Rogan. People don't do that. They, that's the right. thing. It's like, dude, if you don't like, there are tons of artists that I cannot stand. I, there's a lot of stuff in this culture that make me angry that it's unhealthy. It's not mm-hmm. good. You know, I'm a total parent by heart. I don't know, whatever. Or maybe I'm just too old. I don't care. You know, if I ever have a child, like, sure, like I'm going to be mindful of that. But Right. I'm not going to sue them. I'm not looking to make a big deal, like whatever. I just don't give them right. energy. I don't think about it. Well, and that's the funny thing is that the people who get so mad at people, like they get so mad about Joe Rogan because it's like they, so they would say, yeah, I can turn him off. But the thing is, is he is affecting society negatively. But to be fair, I feel the same way about a lot of music today that kids are listening to it's highly sexualized no one is censoring that for the sake of children who are absolutely being affected by this this is going to affect everyone's future including mine i don't think it should be censored i don't go around being like oh cancel rap music or cancel this cancel that cancel pornography whatever that should be canceled that should be canceled that's especially there's a lot of ethical things that go into that even non-christians see shady stuff about pornography so yes exactly (laughs) but so that was a bad example but in the end like i don't go around trying to take these things down because this is society This is what they're doing. And I'm going to choose to not be a part of it. And if I ever have kids, I'm going to have them not be a part of it. And when they get old enough, I'll be like, just so you know, there are these things out here you're going to be exposed to. But, you know, like just educate your kids on how to navigate the world. It's I think it's exactly I'm not saying it's easy because I'm not a parent. I don't know what it's like to parent. So I'm sure it's difficult. It can't be easy. No, I don't think it's easy. But I do think it's more straightforward than people like to think. Yes, I think so too. But one thing's for sure is regardless of your standing or what you believe, even though I don't believe every idea to be created equally, I do think that every man is created equally. Every person (laughs) is created equally. Even if our ideas are not, some ideas are much better than others. I don't think that every word or every speech is created equally. I don't think that everyone's opinion is equal. I think they equally have they equally have the right to give it. I think everyone equally has the <laughs> we all have the right to to do wrong things, I guess when you think about it. I mean, if someone wants to call me the hard art to my face, I mean, they can. Yeah. You know, it, people it sucks. <laughs> I don't I mean, sometimes I think about criminalizing it, but then sometimes I'm like, okay, but what else are they going to criminalize? Right, right. And I feel like with music and podcasting, for sure, because those are artistic mediums, I don't want to get into that slippery slope of, okay, well, I don't like this. Let's cancel it. And I'm like, you know what? Even if I absolutely hate it, I mean, there are tons of things that I know you and I both hate. I can't believe they exist. But at the same token, you know, all I can say is I'm a total 100% advocate of free speech, even if I can't stand it. And We just need to educate each other. Whatever you believe, even if I don't think it's true, or even if it's just false, period. I mean, who's right Right. 100%? We all have to admit that none of us are 
ever 100% correct. Right. And sometimes I don't even know that it comes down to education. I think it comes down to just being like, hey, I know you don't think using the N word is wrong, but I'd really prefer you don't use it around me. I'm not going to try and convince you to change your mind, but please don't use it around me because I like it really bothers me. And I think that if a person is sensitive, you know, they'll go with that because we shouldn't be running around hurting each other. People do, Um, though. (laughs) They do. Well, and that's the problem is like it's a sinful world. They're going to do it no matter what. And what you what some people label hate is just honesty. It's truly not hate because they'll label anything hate when it's really not. So that's that's basically the point is that just by someone's word, something becomes fact. Unfortunately, about this generation that I think other generations had better. What we have worse than this generation is that if it comes out of someone's mouth, they are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's true. Just because it comes out of that person's mouth. And that is an unfortunate reality we live in. We do, we need accountability, but we also can't live in a world where we're so delusional that everything that we say is gospel. That's not how, that's not how reality works. That's not how our country works. That's not how the world works. But that's exactly the direction that we're heading. And so when it comes to artists of any kind, you know, I don't care if it's an audio world, if it's the visual world, the food world, the comedy world. Freedom of expression is extremely important. And you know what? Again, I feel like it's this, you know, freedom of expression is important, at least verbally, at least verbally. I do think there are certain things that we can't say. You know, you can't say certain things about the president. I actually do agree with that. But aside from some systematic things that we can't say, I don't think we should get rid of free speech. I think we need to have that because, again, like, whatever. Have have the music you want to have. Have the podcast you want to have. And God will judge you based on that. Right. Yeah, whatever. You can say whatever you want. Like, go ahead. But your free speech is my free speech. So it's like, it goes yep. both ways. It does. It definitely does. That was cool, Christina. I really appreciate yeah. this discussion. I'd like to get more into like the weird avant-garde singers. That'd be really cool because I, I'm mesmerized by them. And I know you like a lot of non-conventional artists as well. Yeah, I definitely do. They'd be interesting to even just like talk about a specific song and talk about like what kinds of techniques they're using or whatever. So that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That wraps up episode, what, 28? That is fantastic. We are so far ahead. So thanks for the listeners. And we will be sure to implement more co-hosts and whatnot. And you guys have a great day. I will see you later, Christina. All right. Have a good day. All right. Bye, everyone.